welcome to episode number 12 of the Todd Pod. Right here with you today, I am joined by someone who's not much older than 12 years old, my colleague <laughs> at selloutcrowd.com. It is Ben Hutchins. He covers Oklahoma State football. You hear he and his brother Sam on the 2 on OSU podcast as well. Ben, what the hell is going on in Stillwater right now? I think that's the question. That's kind of the broad question. What's going on? Uh, it was not good last week with the loss to South Alabama. In fact, about as bad as it gets in the Mike Gundy era. I think this is the most embarrassing loss in Oklahoma State's Mike Gundy era history. Would you say the same? No, Todd. I think I'm still pretty scarred from that uh, 48-0 beatdown in Manhattan last year. That that game is checked a number of boxes. The worst football game you know I've ever seen. Uh, by halftime, I was I was already writing. I mean that that game I think was is still the worst loss in the Mike Gundy era. But uh, it it got some contention from what we saw last Saturday for sure. Well, even if that is the worst, this one's got to be up there. And we're talking about two really bad losses in back to back seasons. So. Let's talk about why this is happening right now at Oklahoma State. And let's start with the position that always gets the most talk. Uh, it's the most important position in football. Let's start with quarterback, where Mike Gundy says again that all three quarterbacks played well. I don't really know how you can give anything more than an incomplete to Garrett Rangel, but that's what Mike Gundy told us. And with that said, he says again that all three quarterbacks, they plan to play this week. Um, this can't be good for an offense that is sputtering right now. So I guess... For you personally, if you were the decision maker, where would you give all the snaps? I would give all the snaps to Rangel. I think he's he has the most experience um, in this OSU offense out of all these guys. He showed a little bit of that last year. And I think Rangel's looked the best, honestly, Todd. His, I think he leads in uh, quarterback rate, quarterback rate, which, you know, like you said, sometimes uh, – he like, like last week, he didn't get, you know, many of the snaps, but he's no. looked the best with his snaps, I think. So if you were to put the, the decision all on me, I'd give the majority of the snaps. And honestly, at this point, I'd just pick a guy, the starter. I'd go with Garrett Rangel. Okay, so you would go with Garrett Rangel. And for the record, I agree with you. That's who I think I would go with as well. You've got a little bit of the pulse of the fans. What do you think the fans want right now when it comes to picking one of the three quarterbacks? And have you talked to anyone that is okay with what's going on? Because I haven't heard a single person that seems to be all right with it. Yeah, it, it certainly seemed like the fans at the beginning of this season were always kind of the wait and see. Like, let's let's see. Uh, let's see how this goes. We'll, 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 we'll wait to see how it shakes out. But I think now, Todd, everybody I've talked to is just ready for a decision to be made. And the weird thing about this is normally you know what OSU fans want. They make it right. abundantly clear. Hey, we want this guy. But Todd, I still have yet to see a consensus among OSU fans of who they want. It's still pretty split there. I think after this last game, Alan Bowman dropped out of a lot of, of OSU fans' favor. I think that he certainly slid down in the maybe pecking rot rotation. So... I think it is primarily fans between uh, Gunner and fans uh, between Rangel. So I still have yet to see one guy. They've kind of chosen to say, hey, this this is the guy OSU fans want. Um, it's it's bizarre. I've never seen OSU fans, you know, still kind of divided on this thing. Well, I look, I could see the argument for Gunner Gundy, like you said, more so than Alan Bowman. 
uh, even if I think Rangel's the guy. And the number one argument for Gunnar Gundy is, well, the offensive line's not going to really keep anyone upright. They're going to have to do a little bit of running for their lives. So with that said, is it old news now? Are people not talking about it anymore? Or are you hearing from people and from fans some of the things I'm hearing from my friends that are OSU fans, which is... It sure would be nice if Spencer Sanders was around here because we know he could run for his life and make up for a lot of these issues. That That is a thought that's impossible at this point not to have. When you look at, at Spencer, who's stuck behind Jackson Dart at Ole Miss, and you see him not you know playing football um, every week, it's like, man, he's just sitting over there idle. Like, what 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 would it mean to have you know him back? And, and where would this team be? Uh, with Spencer Sanders, I certainly think the South Alabama game would have been a lot closer if OSU had Spencer Sanders under center. But Todd, I, I don't know. I, I think OSU fans, uh, it's easy to think that. It's easy to say, man, I wish we had him back. But I think a lot of them just kind of moved on from that. I think they flushed it out of the system. Hey, great four-year run. Um, but they a lot of them didn't really like the way he kind of left at the end of the year. So I think OSU fans, yeah, it's it'd be cool to have him, but they're not wishing to bring him back or, or anything like that because they did kind of flush that out of the system, I think. Let's talk about the offensive line, which it would cause Spencer Sanders or Gunnar Gundy or anybody to have to run for their lives at times for the first three games. Uh, look, Sam Mays is obviously very, um, very loud about this subject. He's someone who's personally invested in the offensive line at Oklahoma State, having spent time there being a part of it, but it, I, I don't think anyone thinks that they aren't coached well. I don't think anybody thinks that they aren't good kids, but just year in and year out, it feels like it never lives up to expectations up front and it's starting to become an issue. So first of all, if someone just says again, the broad question of what the hell's going on, what the hell's going on with the offensive line right now, Ben? I know. And you keep going back to that question, Todd. Um, I mean, Barry Trammell asked it after, uh, those two you know, back-to-back losses last season, starting with Kansas State, he asked that to Mike Gundy. And maybe it's time to, to ask that again, because I, I really don't know. And, and with the offensive line, Todd, um, of course, Sam knows all about the schematics way more than a guy like me, uh, who's you know a buck 45 uh, at, at, on a good day. But I think from what I can tell in the press box, Todd, OSU hasn't found the right mix up front in the offensive line. I mean, at halftime, Mike Gundy had changed things around from the start of the South Alabama game, which which shows to me that he's just looking for answers. And at this point in the season, you can't bring anybody in. You can't get anybody, you know, stronger or bigger or faster, really. Um, it's just you have to find the best mix that's going to give you the most success with the guys you have. And Todd, I don't think OSU's found that mix yet. It's It's been different pretty much every game. It started on a weird foot with, with Preston Wilson not being, you know, in OSU's first game, and then he re-entered, and then some injuries happened, and OSU just hasn't found, I think, the best mix uh, up front as as to what's given them the most success. Speaking of bringing players in, which was something you mentioned, Mike Gundy has been very, uh, I don't want to say uh, hesitant, but he's been outspoken about the transfer portal right and I don't think he fully has embraced it he certainly hasn't like coaches like Deion Sanders has or anybody but in this offensive line when you're looking to make it better are you surprised that the Cowboys haven't gone more to the transfer portal and could that be a place to fix 
you know, we always think skill position guys transfer portal, but could an offensive line be an area where Oklahoma State could really focus in the next couple of years, picking up some seniors who maybe played, you know, like Oklahoma's gotten guys from Cal and Stanford, maybe guys like that that Oklahoma State could pick up to help them out. Sure. I mean, I think you could look at any college program and say, hey, it would be a great idea for them to use the transfer portal to to help the offensive line. But honestly, those guys are just at such a premium. Um, and I think OSU's tried to do it. Uh, I mean, look at Jason Brooks, uh, an SEC transfer from, from Vanderbilt. You know, Vanderbilt. But it's the SEC, an SEC lineman. You bring him in. Um, and that's worked out okay. Todd, you, you remember Caleb Etienne, the big tackle. Mm-hmm. He so much was hyper was was around Caleb Etienne, and the Cowboys gave him every chance to to succeed, and he just couldn't couldn't uh, get to the level of, of Big Twelve play. So I think they've tried it in the past. Maybe you got to go um, in a different you know find different kind of players, but really I think it's just tough and kind of hit or miss there because the Cowboys have tried it. It just hasn't worked out. So I don't know if the answer is to keep trying it and to hope it works out the next time, but. I don't really know what else you can do. So Oklahoma State's defense, Ben, um, it's been a weird year for them because yeah. game one, you expect there to be a little bit of uh, a little bit of getting used to that new three three five look, and a little bit of I don't want to say rust because rust is something old, but I guess something new that you're breaking in, right? And you saw that in game one, but also the defense made some big plays in a week where Oklahoma State against Central Arkansas struggled offensively at times. You go to Arizona State, same thing. You know, the defense made plays to keep them in the game. Arizona State by no means is a great offense, but the defense made plays. And then look kind of exposed last week against South Alabama, especially in the run game uh, with the Webb kid. I think that was the last name, right? The Webb kid from South Alabama have 151 yards. So I think you can kind of look at this defense from one of two ways, and either way, like I think you have a bit of an argument. One way you can look at it as – this defense is actually pretty good, but they're having to make up for a lot of flaws that the offense has, and they're wearing down over the course of games. Or you could also say, this defense might not be very good, and that's going under the radar because the offense has been even worse, right? So mm-hmm. where do you fall on Oklahoma State's defense right now, which in the midst of this three-quarterback thing and in the midst of Casey Dunn and fans being upset with him, it's kind of gone under the radar what Oklahoma State's defensive performance has been through three weeks. My perception of the Cowboy defense got really changed by that South Alabama game, Todd. The first two weeks, you know, new coordinator, Brian Nardo, new scheme. You expect a little bit of, uh, you know, what you said, not rust, but but just, you know, things to take some time to work out. And in those first two games, OSU missed a lot of tackles, fixable. And they did fix those mistakes, really, in the second half of both of those games. I think both of the first – uh, both of the second half um, games, both of the second halves in the first two games were shutouts, Todd. So OSU proved, hey, we can fix some of these mistakes. And uh, the defense, you know, oh, pretty good. But this last game, Todd, against South Alabama, boy, that changed my perception. I mean, OSU was outmatched physically by a team from the Sun Belt on defense. And and that's scary, I think. That's a scary thought, Um just, just, I mean, if, if, if that's happening, what's going to happen as Big 12 play starts? So, so I my mean, perception got changed. It sounds to me, Ben, like what you're describing are major problems, right? But Mike <laughs> Gundy says there are no major problems. Yeah. And, I, you know, 
God love him. I I call I think Mike Gundy is the best way I can describe him to people is he's a beautiful weirdo. Right? Like he's weird. He knows he's weird. He embraces that he's weird. You have to know going into it that he's weird, but he's pretty dang good at being weird, right? He's he's been pretty successful doing things the way he does them even if you don't get it. So you kind of know you're along for the ride with Mike Gundy. But some of the things he said in the midst of getting beat 33-7 by South Alabama and, you know, now looking at the schedule, which I, I've seen Oklahoma State fans post on Twitter, show me the wins, right, for the rest of the schedule because they're going to be hard to come by if they don't play any better than they did last Saturday, if there are any to come by at all. So in the mm-hmm. midst of doing that, like that weirdness comes off as a little bit like I'm above you, right? A little bit, uh, a little bit arrogant, and I think that's kind of where Oklahoma State fans are on Mike Gundy right now. So you obviously have have the chance to cover Oklahoma State day in and day out. When people tell you, "Oh, Mike Gundy's arrogant," or "Mike Gundy's a weirdo," or some people think he's stupid, which cracks me up. Like you don't win that many games being stupid. But how do you explain Mike Gundy to people? I think Mike Gundy doesn't give a rip what anybody else thinks. And it's gotten him a lot of success. Todd, one really interesting thing that, of course, caught you know a lot of Twitter fire was uh, Mike Gundy, jokingly, albeit, comparing himself to Nick Saban and Deion Sanders last press conference, which after a loss like that to South Alabama, I don't know if that was the best idea. But uh, right. he did it with a smile on his face and... I think even with a little bit of a joking attitude, there's there's a thing to be gleaned from the Dion comparison, Todd. He's like, man, like Coach Sanders, you know, I love him because he uh, he does whatever he wants, you know, and, and he doesn't listen to any of the outside noise, and he's going to do what's worked for him. And I really think that's where Mike Gundy's at. I really think he's he's always just going to do what he thinks is the best for the team. I mean, even two weeks ago, uh, he was joking about you know going into a, to a quarterback room where you're having a conversation about, hey, which which quarterback do we want to go with? So he he said he walked into Sean Gleason's office, heard him out, listened to him, you know, okay, walked out and thought, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. So I think that's just how Mike Gundy's wired. He's going to do what he wants to do. And he doesn't care what you, me, anyone in the media, all the fans, Twitter, he says he doesn't even listen to booze in the, in the stadium. Um, so he's in his own world with a lot of these decisions and it's gotten him a lot of success, but it also uh, leaves him, I think, open to some criticism when, when things aren't going right. Look, fans love a coach like that when you're winning. When you're losing, it gets old really, really quick. So I guess my question to you is, and I'm not trying to play doomsday scenario. I think you and I talked on Tuesday, and we both think Oklahoma State's going to win this game this week and that this will kind of be the height of panic for this season. Um so, you know, by no means do I think the Cowboys are going to finish 2-10 and 10 or something like that. But if things do get ugly this season, um, you're talking about a year where last year you lost 48 nothing to Kansas State. There were expectations coming into this year that don't look like they're going to be met if that happens. And then you're going to go into next season where you're going to have to go into the portal, something you've never really done before, and really try to overhaul a team. I guess my question to you is when will it start getting old for Oklahoma State fans and when when do you think it will come to a point where and again not to we're anywhere close that people will ask for Mike Gundy to not be the head coach there anymore that they'll just get tired of the whole experiment. Yeah, Todd, that's that is the the question. I think, you know, like people talk about, you know, big big picture questions. That's the huge picture question is 
is when is this this whole thing going to get a little old? Um, and I think fans will reach that point before I will, Todd. Look, whether it's, you know, uh, fantasy football trades, uh, investments, like I am always super cautious and hesitant to make any big decisions. Um, so I think... I think yeah, I tried to trade point. you Rogers, and you said <laughs> you said you'd wait till after week one, and it cost me. <laughs> I think I think fans are going to reach that point uh, much much before I do, but I don't know. I think the next time you know Mike Gundy, um, every four years or every six years, whatever it is, he'll he'll make a New Year's Six bowl, and then that'll earn him another right, uh, right. you know years of good grace, and people will forget all about the the bad years. So Todd, I, I don't know if fans will. By the time right, I'll put it like this, as soon as fans are ready to make that leap, Mike Gundy's going to make a New Year's Six Bowl. That's just how it's gone, I think. So I don't know. That's that's a good question. I don't know if I have a great answer for you on on when the fan base is going to turn its sights on Mike Gundy, um, but he always just finds a way to get a good enough team um, right around the time people people start to get a little tired. Okay, Ben, uh, I found out before we started recording today that you are. Born in 2001, which really hurts me. I'm not going to lie to you. I graduated high school in 2000, so it really hurts a lot, actually. Um, and I, I just want to ask you a few questions to understand a little bit more about you as a youngster. So let's start with question number one. Have you ever had film developed? No. Okay. How old were you when you got your first cell phone? I got an iPod Touch um, in high school, Todd, which at the time kind of okay. felt like a cell phone. You can text and you can get on yeah. apps and talk with your friends. But um, I guess I got like a like a like a track phone. Kind of you load some minutes on there in high school as well. Um, so I would say probably sixteen, something like that. I was homeschooled, okay. Todd. So that, so you didn't really right. need that's a, fair. You didn't really need a phone. That's yeah. fair. Okay, well, how old were you when you realized you knew technology better than your parents? Um, about 11 or 12, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what was the first college football memory you have? Todd, I'm so happy you asked. At one point, uh, I, I charted it out. I wanted to see how far back my memory of sports goes. So I charted out my earliest memory of college football, um, NFL, NBA, and my earliest sports memory ever is the Colts beating the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl. I was a Colts okay, fan yeah, the, Rex, the Rex Grossman game, yeah. Yeah, Devin Hester which returns the opening kickoff. Um, so that's my first ever sports memory. And that was the, in the 06, yeah, 06 season, uh, 2007, like February. So that's my earliest sports memory. It's like February 2007, Colts-Bears Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, to get a little bit more, to know a little bit more about you and your brother, do you guys have the same rooting interests when it comes to professional teams? We we both root for the Texas Rangers, Todd. That's that's okay. where we where we come together. Sam's a Dallas Cowboys fan. We grew up in Dallas. Oh, gross. <laughs> our hey, we grew up in in uh, in Denton, Texas, North Texas. So so our whole family, you know, for the most part, with varying levels of uh, fanaticism. Is is Dallas Cowboys fans, except for myself. Um, I was I was a pay, I just chose Peyton Manning and started with the Colts, and here I am after seven years of misery with the Broncos after Peyton's left. But uh, 
we have different professional rooting interests on football. We both, you know, root for the Thunder. Um, not huge hockey guys. I, I don't know if, if you're a big hockey guy. We always root uh, for the team that's trailing in the Stanley Cup final because we just want to get it to a game seven. Um, so, so that's how our professional team sports uh, interest shakes out. Okay, I know people have done this to you a thousand times. Who's the better athlete, you or Sam? Again, like, we, we've had this discussion between ourselves, you know, a million times, um, Todd. And I think it kind of always comes down to Sam's the better sprinter. I'll beat him in long distance. Uh, we've seen that at the last two, remember, the 10 runs at OSU. I've, I've gotten him in long distance. Um, golf, it really goes, like, month by month. Sam and I always... Uh, always gripe to each other. We can never get good at the same time. Right now, I would go out there and crush salmon golf, but over the summer, it would have been completely different. So we golf changes, um, wrestling. I mean, brothers growing up, we, we wrestled, of course. And I think, that's the uh, big question. Yeah. If it's a bare knuckle scrap right now, who's winning? You or your brother Sam? I, I think I'd get him, Todd. I, I always had him growing up. I I got a little bit bigger first uh, growing up, and and now Sam has me in height. But I think I still can get him. I think I still can get him if we were to scrap it out. Hey, any good coach will tell you, any good football coach will tell you, low pads wins. So you just stay low. Uh, use the lack of height to your advantage. And I think you got him. All right, a couple more. The real problem, Todd, is, uh, is when our little brother wants to wrestle. He's six foot four, goes to the gym every day, going to be a police officer, Todd. I don't want any piece of him. I mean, I, yeah. I look your up to, little, to little your brother little David. brother. Yeah, your little so, brother. So maybe yeah. Sam and I would, would have to team up or something if uh, if if David were to come knocking. My mom's little brother's about six five as well, so I know that <laughs> trick. Um, okay, so you and your brother, all right? Who got? Uh, who was the better in school? Sam did better on his ACTs. Uh, he had me by by a couple points on that. Uh, uh, does that hurt you a little bit? Not at all. <laughs> okay. It, it, I don't know. S Sam was always just a little bit of a better test taker. I think uh, technically uh, I was I was valedictorian and he was salutatorian in our homeschool class of two. I might have okay. had him. Okay. Might have had him on on some sort of uh, science there. You guys, you I guys had the homes the class version of the Pac-12 championship next year, didn't you? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Um, but I did graduate high school before my older brother, simply because B is before S in the alphabet. You know what? Who was born first? Sam is. Sam is two minutes old. Okay. Well, that, remind him he's always older, right? Yeah. So as you get older, it'll be nice to remind him that you're the young one, he's the old man. It, it used to be a flex being older, but until you hit, like, you know, till we're getting now, uh, it's 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 kind of better to be younger. I think. I, I think yes, I'm gonna. I'm think I'm gonna look forward to to giving him him some grief. Yes, it is. He he will always be older than you. Don't ever let him forget <laughs> it. Uh, all right. A couple of other just random questions. Favorite appetizer. You go out to eat. What's your favorite appetizer to get? Am I boring for saying mozzarella sticks? No, that's my answer too. Well, there now we go. do we go we go ranch or marinara? Not big on marinara. I'll, I'll go ranch. I'd even go queso or, or I'd even go like ketchup before I go marinara. Just not, not big on the marinara. Ketchup's a lot. Uh, but yeah, the buffalo sauce is good too if you can find that. Yeah. My, with, my uh, mozzarella sticks. Yeah. 
now I asked you this yesterday uh, when we were talking, just you know, shooting the bull. Best place to eat in Stillwater. Where are you going right now? One meal, Stillwater. Yeah, they might they might shoot me for this uh, in Stillwater because it's a super unpopular take. But I like Mexico Joe's. It's it, it's you know everyone knows about uh, Eskimo Joe's, but Mexico Joe's. If you go, they got the the fajita plate. You can always get you know I'm, I'm big on the to go box, so I'll always get some for the road. And I think the Mexico Joe's uh, fajita plate, I like I like that. It's it's underrated and it doesn't have you know all the the oh like everyone go you know Eskimo Joe's like everyone's there that's just the that's just the touristy spot I think Mexico Joe's is much more of like the Stillwater spot um and that's that's right now my favorite place to go okay one word answers the answer is going to be Ben or Sam you ready most likely to get lost Sam Sam most likely to get (laughs) most likely to get arrested Ben okay good uh, most likely to get pulled over for speeding. Sam, although the scoreboard is one and one. Most likely to win in Jeopardy. Sam. Most likely to win in Survivor. Ben. Most likely to go to Vegas and hit a jackpot. Sam. And finally, speaking of Sam, who would last the longest in an octagon with Sam Mays? Ben. Oh, see, I think it's Sam on that one. I think he'd probably run around for a little longer. Although you said (laughs) you're the long distance guy. Yeah, I I don't know what my strategy would be. That's a a frightening scenario. Um Maybe, maybe could I play dead like like a possum and uh, and see if see if that works out? I, I think I'd have to get. Creative. Listen, I I know Sam well enough. I think your best bet is just to offer him like barbecue or something. <laughs> That's that works. Offer him delicious meats. Offer him like uh, he loves seafood. You can offer him that as well, Sam. If you just offer him any sort of meat selection, Sam will be uh, he'll give you grace. So. You know, that's why if you hang out with Sam Mays, you always keep a little brisket in your side pocket. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. Uh, ben, it's been great talking to you. It's good to get to know you. I, <clears throat> it grosses me out a little how young you are. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but it also makes me feel a little younger to talk to you. Uh, hopefully you think I'm cool. And uh, for the record, I think you're a kid that uh should shut up and get off my lawn i'm just kidding no i I think you and your brother are really cool you guys do a really good job and you bring an interesting voice to uh selloutcrowd.com so before we go tell everyone where they can find your content and sam's content uh on both your website and your youtube pages and everything else yeah it's easy todd thanks for thanks for asking we're at hutchinstwins.com um and we're we're putting out stuff on on youtube at the same address hutchinstwins.com um that's our our channel and yeah we're both on twitter x whatever you want to call it now todd at ben underscore hutchins underscore and sam underscore hutchins underscore um sam copied me when i changed my my twitter handle but but that's how you can find so us. he was born first but you did that first and also don't forget hutchins h-u-t-c-h-e-n-s that's how you spell people like to throw the i in there yeah, it, it makes sense. Uh, go check out the Hutchins Twins and everything that they offer 
As for me, the Todd Pod, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. You can always find the Todd Pod anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else. You can subscribe, like, comment on the YouTube channel, all that stuff. We appreciate it. Thank you to Jacqueline Musgrove, our producer. Thank you to creative director Michael Lane, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Todd Pod.